Command Station. Bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer there, my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits what a homicide and kills people up... Nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Frank, candid and straight to the point. This is the best radio show in the state of Wisconsin. Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth App. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017 is the number. I had to get my seat up a little higher. It's kind of looking kind of weird, kind of strange, kind of rough. So, story just came over a few seconds ago, and I'm wondering how people are going to take it, Right? So, the title of my opening today is Dear Governor Evers. All right? So, story just came out. Pretty simple story. From JS Online. Just got posted 3.42 p.m. today. Senate sends $2.1 billion in tax cuts aimed at low and middle earners to Governor Tony Evers. A $2.1 billion plan from Republican lawmakers to lower tax taxes heads to Democratic Governor Tony Evers after the state Senate passed the package today. The four bills, if signed into law, would significantly expand the state's second lowest tax bracket, to include more than a million Wisconsin residents earning between $19,000 and $150,000 per year, exempt 
up to $75,000 of retirees' income and expand tax credits for married filers and filers with children. All Democratic members of the state Senate voted against the tax bracket adjustment and the credit expansion for married filers, which is kind of weird to me. One Democrat joined Republicans in passing the retirement income expansion and the tax and the credit expansion for filers with children passed with seven Democrats joining Republicans. Okay, my mouse is acting weird. Let's do this. Okay, so now that my so somebody changed the mouse, so now it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. Okay. So where was I? One Democrat joined Republicans in passing the retirement income expansion. The credit expansion for filers with children passed with seven Democrats joining Republicans to pass it. It's unclear whether Evers will sign the bills into law. In a recent appearance, Evers indicated he might be willing to sign some of the bills into law, but he has not answered whether he supports specific proposals in the package. I've been through them all, and I'm going to go through them again. I'm sure there's something we can agree on. So here's my issue. Although the measures would cost $2.1 billion in 2024 or 2025 fiscal year and $1.4 billion every year after that, according to a bipartisan analysis from the Legislative Fiscal Bureau, which is an odd thing to ask under a Democratic or Republican governor that it's nonpartisan. Kind of weird, but the measures would reduce the state's total income tax revenue by $2 billion per year and then 1.4 every year after that. So Wisconsin is projected to end its 2023-2025 budget with $4 billion in surplus, just surplus, right? Just stuff you didn't spend, taxes you brought in, and you didn't spend it on anything. On top of that, you've got a $2 billion rainy day fund. So you've got $6 billion kind of sitting around. In 2021, he signed a $2 billion tax cut in the state budget, but he and Republican lawmakers have basically failed to find consensus on how to cut income taxes in the state. First of all, have you ever met a Democrat that wanted to actually cut your taxes? Anytime, anywhere, federal, state, county, or local. We got one that gave us a 2% tax. So let's go there. If you talk about you want to help people, why would you help them by making them actually pay more? People making between $19,000 and $150,000 today are struggling. You're looking at the $150,000. You're not looking at the two people making $75,000 and $75,000 or somebody making you know, $80,000 and $70,000. You're, you're not looking at that. You're looking at the total. Well, it's a struggle at that total. With inflation at 19% and now it's down to like, what, 9%, does it really matter that inflation went down when you still can't afford it? Twice last year, Evers vetoed a GOP proposal to cut income tax rate for the state's third bracket. That was earners up to 405000 If you make $405,000, I'm pretty sure you can come up with very unique ways to lower your tax burden. So... Republicans have said the new proposals were crafted with Evers' previous vetoes in consideration. And so it sounds like they are. It only helps people making between nineteen dollars and $150,000 if you're joint. 
So that means if you're single and you make in between that, that's a million people in the state that would that would have a tax cut, which means you have more money at home to take home during a an inflationary period. Why, Mr. Evers, would you have to actually think about that? Why would you not want to stop somebody where poverty with a household of four is set at $24,000 and some people making less of all races? Would you not want to help them? What is it about businesses that you think businesses pay taxes? They pay taxes on employees, but that's the employment tax. It's it's like this thing that's in people's head about big business making all the money. Yeah, they make money, but they also pay because the only way that you get tax money is through payroll tax. So what are people missing? Property tax. That's that's how the money goes. Sales tax. We can offset the 2% in Milwaukee. We can offset the 9% inflation by giving people making between 19000 and $150,000 a tax break. On top of that, if you're living off retirement income and it's fixed, you might get a cost of living raise, but what you're doing is guaranteeing that people on a fixed income can survive. In a time in Milwaukee with an extra 2% tax and an increase in county tax, And inflation. So my question to you, Governor Evers, is why wouldn't you sign it? Why would you watch people struggle? Why would you? Now, you got to smack the hand of the Republicans because they should have submitted this one the first time. But I have a sneaking suspicion that whatever the Republicans would have submitted, it wouldn't have been good enough for Governor Evers. I have a sneaking suspicion if it were Scott Walker and Democrats submitted it, it wouldn't have been good enough for Scott Walker. So we've got the partisan politics thing going. But at some point, it literally needs to be about the people. Today was election day. And I was late getting to the polls. I got to the poll at 740 this morning. And I put a picture on X and on LinkedIn because you know what number I was? One. So I voted. Went and did some things, took care of some stuff here at the station, um, had a had a meeting online, and then I showed up and I went to a polling place because I work with an organization that goes to the polls and we work at the polls and we have a polling site. And so I went to the polling site and it was crowded. With workers. And so I went in and said, hey, how many people voted? It's literally 1230 right now, right? 1230 this afternoon. How many people voted? You know what he told me? Six. And I thought to myself, so what I'm like deducing right now is if I had a powerful social media and one day campaign on a write-in vote for mayor, you might win. 
because so few people are voting. Interesting. Only thing on the ballot today was the mayoral race. And so, I don't know. Would I take my time to step up and go vote? Hey, Governor Evers, it's a lot of stuff in the state of Wisconsin that needs fixing. I think we should start with taxes. And that is Dr. Ken's Truth on the new 1017 The Truth. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. The Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Truth Nation, we are proud to be celebrating Black History Month with the Milwaukee Bucks for their HBCU night game on Tuesday, February 27th. So make sure you tune in to the award-winning 1017 The Truth from noon to 6 p.m. for our Truth family. We'll be broadcasting live from the Potawatomi Club at the Fiserv Forum. You'll hear Melanie Ricks, Tori Lowe, and me, Dr. Ken Harris, bringing you all your favorite content live from the Milwaukee Bucks HBCU Night Celebration Game. So tune in, special remote broadcast, live from the Potawatomi Club at the Fiserv Forum, noon till 6 p.m. Tuesday, February 27th, Milwaukee Black Talk. Eight three three two one two one zero one seven is the number. I hope this. Um, I hope something from that passes. That'll that'll help people in the state of Wisconsin. I mean, you know, I'm hoping. I don't have a lot of hope, <laughs> but I'm hoping. So, the other day we were complaining. And screaming and hollering about cleaning up the neighborhood. Correct? And we were screaming and hollering about why the community is not as clean as it should be. So, one of the things that they've done. This is from JS Online today, from this morning. The winter's atypical lack of snow, unfortunately, makes litter on the street more noticeable than usual. Not true. It's litter every day, all day, everywhere, and we have to do something about it. So, if you're willing to get your hands dirty, you can help clean up this unwanted trash and earn money. Hardcore cash. So, Milwaukee's Havenwoods neighborhood is offering $16 an hour to part-time workers known as street keepers who will help clean up the neighborhood. Located on Milwaukee's north side, Havenwoods is bounded by 60th Street to Silver Spring on the west and south and Havenwoods State Forest, uh, which is Wisconsin's only urban state forest to the north and east. Street keepers through a crew 
they do beautification in the Havenwoods neighborhood and their efforts can can look like pretty much anything that makes the space look and feel good. So the number one thing is always going to be litter pickup. You'll be able to see our street keepers on a lot of our busy streets, such as Silver Spring and 76th Street. And so what they're doing is they're helping with illegal dumping. They've already cleaned up 200 bags of trash this year. Why? Now, now, granted, some of it people throw out in the garbage can, and they don't really throw it in the garbage can. And then animals get in the garbage can because, you know, the city won't replace a garbage can if it's functional, even though it has a hole in the top. So how do you fill in the hole if you can't? Okay, so you can't get a new can. Can you pay for a new can? Anyway. And they charge you like $17 a month or something or some number a month on your tax bill or on whatever so that so that you can get a new can or have more than the minimum number of cans. Like I had them take my cans. I'm like, first of all, I don't need two garbage cans. Why do I have two garbage cans? And why am I getting billed for this? Like, really? I said, no, take it. And I just have the the environmental can, right? And the, you know, with the blue top and the green top. And that's it. Where is this garbage coming from? Is it coming from someone's house? Is it coming from some, like, I don't, I don't really understand where it's coming from. Is it blowing away? And, and, and I know animals get in the garbage, garbage gets in the alley, the wind blows, it flows everywhere. But aren't people going, like, I go out and look around my garage and I actually pick up the garbage. Like, I actually go in and go, hmm, there's garbage over here. And I pick it up. Stuck in the bushes, you know, the wind blows it. Aren't we aren't aren't we cleaning up our neighborhoods? Aren't we like shaming our you know neighbors to cut their grass? Don't we do that? Do you do you do that? I do. Hey, you gonna cut your grass? Boy, that grass is looking pretty long. I got neighbors come knock on my door. Hey, you need to cut your grass. I was out of town a week, like really? And why didn't you cut it for me? Because that's what I've done. People have been out of town. I just cut the grass. I'd say, hey, is it okay if I cut your grass? I'm just cutting. I know you're out of town. No worries. 200 bags of garbage this year. It's only February. It's only February. What are your thoughts? 833-212-1017. Would you take, one, would you take the job? Two, is it something we should be paying when we already pay people to actually pick up garbage, but they only pick it up in cans, which kind of defeats the purpose? Or three, do we need to chastise and write tickets to people who dump garbage? Because I'm sure willing to be on the prowl for that. Al, you're on the award-winning 1017 The Truth. I think we need to write big tickets. I also think we need to cost uh, neighborhood services because I do that as well. Sometimes I will, you know, sweep next to the curb or my neighbor's curb. But some of this garbage are coming from people because they do not care. So I feel like if they do not care, they should not care about that $2,000 ticket because some people feel it's okay because it's the inner city. And I feel like if they feel it's the inner city, how about they go somewhere else where they're allowed? Yeah, but I mean, because because here's the downside. Yeah, 
we can keep we can keep cleaning up and keep cleaning up. But when they start gingifying and people start crying, we have nobody to blame except the people in the neighborhood. We can call our aldermen. It's some parts of the neighborhood where if you call the city inspector, they some of them don't come out or they say they don't even see they don't even see any stuff. But you can go past and see all this garbage just piling up. And then everybody wanna cry about gentrification. So I say ticket the people who throw it out. Ticket these slum landlords. Right. Get on the phone. Call right. your aldermans and call the city people. Because if you don't, another person garbage is going to be another person diamond in the rough. And then they're going to come through and raise the property taxes. And then they ain't going to have nowhere to go. This is just a catch-22. But I understand how some of our people like to make excuses and say, well, you know, they might not know no better. Yeah, but I can guarantee you after they do number two, they still going to remember to wash their hands. So we can't keep giving excuses. All right. Thank you much. I appreciate it. Have a good day. You too. 833-212-1017 is the number. I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement. But do you think if there's garbage, people are going to actually, like, move into the neighborhood like will will someone move into your neighborhood if they see garbage in the street i don't think so so this thing in people's minds about selling um houses and and selling like your neighborhood to somebody who's going to come in and gentrify well i don't i don't know i don't know 833-212-1017 is the number. So, <laughs> Anonymous, you're on the new one on 7 The Truth. Uh, how you doing? I'm good. Um, I, I just kind of had a comment about the, the trash, and I've been kind of, I'm from Milwaukee, and um, i kind of been looking at this where, because uh, I used to work for the city, and we used to uh, do enforcer. We used to have to pick up trash. But I'm looking at it now where when you see they done picked up trash on the islands on some streets and they put it inside, you know, black bags. Right. You'll, put, you'll drive through there for, for weeks at a time, and those bags are still sitting there. Now, during the time when I was working for the city, once we picked that, put that uh, garbage in those bags, we had to take it with us and put it on our truck and dispose of it. But now it's like they're not picking that those bags up for periods of time. And you're talking like, again, animals and cars and people just tearing the bags open or uh, the elements itself. And it gets right back out on the, on the ground again. So that's, that's something I've been paying attention to as well. All right. Well, thank you much. I'll 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 take a look at that. I'll I'll look for those in the in the medians. Thank you. Oh yeah, it's it's all over. All right. All right. Bye bye. Hmm. That's very interesting. Never knew that. Don't touch that dial. More of Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, the Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. 
Oh uh, yeah. I get around. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Stronger than ever. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. Black-owned business give back is back, and we've teamed up with Associated Bank to help local black businesses grow and succeed together. That's why the home of Milwaukee Black Talk will be giving away $6,000 worth of free commercial advertising for three months to five black businesses each and every quarter of 2022. So to sign up for this incredible marketing opportunity, visit blackbusinessgiveback.com. Let's rebuild our community's backbone through exposure right here on the award-winning 101.7 The Truth. For official rules, head to where? Blackbusinessgiveback.com. Associated Bank member FDIC. 833-212-1017 is the number. Before the break, we were talking about, you know, just cleaning up your neighborhood. Street Keepers began as a transitional employment program with a five-month limit. And that has now been removed and employees are no longer given an end date. Uh, They work Monday through Thursday from 8 to 3. So if you're interested in earning some part-time money and you want to help clean up a neighborhood, it's unfortunate we got to pay you to clean up a neighborhood you live in. But, you know. (sighs) Okay. Talking text line, there are non-blacks moving into 5 through 206 already saying they love their neighborhood picking up garbage while walking their huskies, getting houses for a steal. Well, first of all, it's a steal whoever buys it. So if you can afford to get a house and you have more money and you get it for less, I think that's called business. So, one, I kind of get that. But in the end, how do you get a vibrant neighborhood if the people in the vi- in the neighborhood that you want to be vibrant aren't taking care of the neighborhood? What do you do? I mean, what, what do you do? 833-212-1017. How do you keep your neighborhood clean? And so what I'm asking is not what you tell other people, what you think other people should do, but what do you actually do to keep your neighborhood clean? And then when you see somebody do something wrong, what do you do about it? Do you ask them? Are you afraid to tell them and, you know, think you might get shot? Right? Do you, do you say something? You might get your car windows broken out or your house windows broken you know, Who knows? So there is the fear factor as well. LT said people move into a neighborhood and clean up. Then the property values go up and the people who find trash acceptable will be outnumbered and will be calling the radio station and calling and complaining that they've been gentrified. My grandfather's house was on 6th and Vine and that neighborhood was filthy. Now it's spotless and everybody's gone. A few blocks west of there are apartments, condominiums, and the neighborhood is thriving. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And, and, you ready? Some of y'all can't afford to live over there. Some of y'all can't afford to go in that neighborhood and buy a house because your house is worth two fifty, three hundred thousand dollars 
and that's on purpose. And they only sell it to somebody who can buy. That's the same way they do in Mequon and, and Brookfield and certain parts of Oak Creek, and right? You can't afford it. Guess what? Can't live here. Can you really fault them? No. I don't really fault them. But is it gentrification when black people are the ones moving in? I know we like to throw that word around, but what is it when middle-class black people move into a poor, rundown neighborhood and then build it up and then create? Yeah. 833-212-1017. But what do we, what do, we do about that? What do we do about going into a neighborhood and building it up and making it better when black people do it? Is that a bad thing? Is it? Because we're trying to do that right now in the city of Brown Deer. And as far as I can tell, it's working. So, I don't know. But here's here's what I think. And, and I'm going to do it like this. Let me see. Uh, checking something. Oops, wrong one. Uh, yep, I got it right. I got it right. Okay, so I'm looking at two places. One of my favorite places, Madison, Illinois, M-A-T-T-E-S-O-N, and Brown Deer. Both are villages in Wisconsin. Right? The population of Brown Deer is 12,609. That's 2022 estimates. The population of Madison is 18,439. Now, this is where I think brown deer is going. So bear with me. Race. Brown deer, 49.7%. Black, 30.8%. Madison, Illinois. White, 11.9%. Black, 804 So when you start to look at the differences between the two, right, I see a marked difference in how I believe it's going to happen, right? Brown Deer has 96% internet usage. Madison has 94%. But when it comes to households with broadband, faster moving, right? Brown Deer is 91.2%. Madison is 93.7%. And then you look at other things, you start to understand and know that the number of people in the workforce, male and female in total, is over 60%. And so you start to wonder, well, what is that? Well, both cities have about 95% or yeah, about, about 90, 95%. High school graduation. But only but both of them also have about 40% bachelor's degree. Why is that? Because it costs a lot of money 
to live in that particular town. It's expensive. Brown Deer's getting there. It's getting there. But one thing we have to remember is both of them have something in common that I think you should look at. So I'm going to look at the median household income in America. And it's $74,580. Whereas if you look at median income of Madison and Brown Deer, it's over $88,000. Why does that mean something? That means that these towns have a better tax base, better schools, better business, better everything. And there's no poverty there. So when we say we want to figure out a reason and a way to build up a community, build it up with people who graduated from high school. And if you get about 40% of the people there to go to college, you'll have an upper middle class black neighborhood. You you can see it all across. We're not going to go to Maryland. We're not going to go to those counties in Maryland where the richest black people live on the states. So we can fix it. We can make 53206 a black enclave if we want. The question is, will we? 833-212-1017 is the number. Sandra, you're on the award-winning 1017 The Truth. Hi, Dr. Ken. Hey, how are you? I'm okay. I'm sitting back listening to you speak about cleaning up your city and cleaning up your area, rather, and um, all the good stuff that come come along with uh, trying to make this place a paradise in the central city. Okay. And uh, I can say, you know, when when people speak about it, I just go back to the systemic reasons that all of this came down because we had all of that. We had stores. I'm going to tell you, we had a store, Malone's grocery store. Right. It was a store. Right. We had cars, um, uh, the cars, Bradley Carr. I don't know if you knew him or not, but they had a, a, a tavern. We had barbershops. I lived on 653206. I lived on 10th and uh, between Burleigh and Chambers. I grew up there. That's why I told you I went to La Folle. And there was never this problem. Uh, you start seeing systemically start moving the little white people out. And when they start doing that, they, you start seeing the area go down. But what system uh, is that that moved you, white people out when you say systemically? Well, whatever system they created, uh, systemically done. Um, what do you mean systemically? Come on, look, Sandra. You know, I'm going to challenge you on every that. Every city, Dr. Kitt, every city where black people are. Let's talk about are Milwaukee. it out the same way. Yeah. And no, no, no. They, You're right. You're right. No, You're right. I don't have no neighbor, neighbors. I mean, I got empty lives. That's why I say they should make a park. Because they're all empty lots of boarded up houses. So I don't have a neighborhood. I'm, not, I'm serious. So how do we change I don't it? have a neighborhood. We can't keep living in the past uh, look, and going I'm back to the past. Before, I ain't changing nothing. Well, now then why are we money. complaining about it? I complain about it because <laughs> they dumped their trash over here. And that's not helping the neighborhood either. Who do you call Everybody to pick up the trash? Dis- they disrespect us. I did. Then they turn around and dump some more. Now some more. I mean, uh, the roof off the of houses. All this stuff. And I'm sitting up here saying, and, and I'm going to tell you, I see people working on the roof, and they say black people are lazy, but these are these Spanish people that be out in the cold and doing that stuff. I saw a Spanish guy 
come here, dumped all that stuff. And I tried to get his license plate, but he gave me, like you said, he gave me the evil as I. I said to myself, I kind of kept here behind my garage, kind of. But he gave me the most evil eye. But we need to get a hold to these uh, landlords. They, the city needs to have a list of when landlords got people moving out. Because I believe that's what they do. They have these people come in and clean. And then they just take the stuff and dump it on, you know, the city property. It's city property. And they think they have the right to do that. So it sounds like say, well, what we need to do. Area. It sounds like what we need to uh-huh. do for, for, for people moving out of houses and apartments mm-hmm. is the same thing we do for companies that are going to go out of business. They have to call the mm-hmm. state of Wisconsin and notify them that they are going out of business. This is the date. It's, it's just like if you have a business and you're going to have a going out of business sale. You have mm-hmm. to get permission. You have to get a permit from the state of Wisconsin to actually do that. Because otherwise mm-hmm. you'll just be you know, lying to people saying, hey, it's a sale, and you'll be having a going out of business sale every other month mm-hmm. just to sucker well, people into is- coming in. So I, I think if we make people get a permit to move, then we know at least we can send somebody to help clean up because now we're generating revenue. Right, and because they don't want to pay. Because, right. like I said, when you dump it out <laughs> for the site, they don't want to pay for that. Right. And that's cheap. If you're a landlord, I mean, why are you being so cheap? And they go up on the rent every year or whatever. However, they go up on it, and that's getting real expensive. Well, you know? but that's, and, that's, um, called biz- that's called the economy. Like, it is what called, it is. Well, then pay to dump the dump. Okay. And that's called business. Don't dump it in people's area that didn't have nothing to do with it. But, yeah, okay, I'm going to let you talk to somebody else. So All I'll right. call back. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. More of Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. The award-winning 1017 The Truth proudly celebrates black excellence and the most monumental moments in our history. Tune in all month as we celebrate Black History Month. 1017 The Truth's celebration of Black History Month is sponsored by Tayback Law, Educators Credit Union, Freighter, and the Medical College of Wisconsin, and American Family Insurance. 833-212-1017 is the number. I kind of agree with with Sandra in that we have some issues, but if we keep going back to looking at um, what's going on in the past, we're never going to be able to create the future. Like, Like history... 10 years from now is going to be today. Like we are literally creating history as we go. So I I, I think it's incumbent upon us to recognize what it is we're doing. How are we building forward to make this city better? So came across an article today on JS online that DPI released a highly anticipated list of science-based early reading curriculums. Now, The editor made a note and said that the low reading proficiency scores across the state with with those, you know, starting now 
uh, USA Today Network, Wisconsin, is exploring the causes and consequences of low literacy. Low literacy? You mean poor literacy? Um, this article is part of the By the Book series, which examines reading curriculum, instructional methods, and solutions for K-12 education to answer the questions. Well, K-12 answered the questions can't fix it because we stopped teaching reading after third grade. Then it becomes enrichment, betterment, um, grammar, punctuation, that kind of thing, right? So we stopped teaching reading. So if you can't read, you can't learn. So they, they go on to say, why do so many Wisconsin kids struggle to read and what can be done about it? To read other stories in the series, click here and all that. Wisconsin's early literacy council, I'm sorry, literacy curriculum council and the Department of Public Instruction have released their highly anticipated lists of recommended reading curriculums as required by the state's aggressive new literacy law, Act 20. Act 20 signed into law last summer requires curriculum to be backed by, now get this, science of reading, a decades-old body of research that explains how the brain learns how to read. It includes an emphasis on phonics, which teaches students the sound letters make and how these sounds combine in predictable patterns to form words. It's about time. The laws change are aimed at improving reading proficiency in the state, which has been low for years. Fewer than half the students at the state's five largest school districts are considered proficient in reading. According to a state exam scores in 2018, Wisconsin is among at least 15 other states that have passed similar legislation in recent years. Is this a good idea? 833-212-1017. Is this a good idea? Jill Underly says, Getting it passed and signing it was a great example of how we can work across agency and legislative divides to advance good policy to help kids. Well, she sent her kids to private school, so I don't know if she feels that way about that. I mean, I interviewed her when she was running, and yeah, needless to say, she doesn't believe in her kids getting the same curriculum that everybody else gets because when her schools had trouble, she just simply sent them to a, to a Catholic school. But then she wanted to stop choice for other people to be able to do it. In other words, if you can't afford it, you shouldn't be able to send your kid to another school, keep them in a bad public school. So that's the state superintendent, Jill Underly, I know, which is anyway. So first of all, I agree with her. I think it's good. The fact that somebody wrote an article and said, what is phonics scares me. To no end. Here's a reading guide to terms parents should know. You don't know what phonics are? Oh, that's right. You all don't teach that, which is one of the reasons why kids don't know how to read. You standing up and saying, do you know your ABCs? Saying A, B, C, D, E, F, G is called memorization. It's not reading and you're not learning anything. But the same way you would teach a language, ah, be, se, de, and go through Spanish, you learn the sound, then you learn the word, then you learn to write it and read it. But for some reason, English is the only ridiculous language that we what? You know your ABCs. That means nothing. Do you know your one, two, threes? I know how to count to 10, but if I don't know how to add and subtract, knowing the numbers won't matter. It's, it's, it's a cute parlor trick. But your kid doesn't know anything. 
They know their ABCs. They memorized it. But if I wrote it down, they wouldn't even know how to read it. They don't know the sound. And that's what phonics did for us. Phonics enabled us to be able to hear the word. And get this. If you understand work, W-O-R-K, I can see the word and I can pretty much figure out how to say it because I understand it phonetically. What did we do? Oh, that might be too hard for the little kitties. We got to teach them something different. And now they can't read. And the ones that can read, parents, grandparents, siblings, friends, neighbors, made sure they were able to read. So I applaud the Early Literacy Curriculum Council and State DPI. This, this was far, 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 far um, too late in coming. And so they've got a list of books here. And in the 5 o'clock hour, I've got my top five at five. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll look at some of these books and look at some of these um, programs that our children can now use, that they can now use to learn how to read better. And I think it'll be great. They've got them for K3, K4. I don't get the K3. That's just weird to me. Um, you know, all the way through fourth grade, right? Because we stopped teaching reading in third grade. So even they haven't taken their best advice and moved beyond third grade. They're still stopping in third grade. And so the kids still aren't learning to read better. Interesting. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. We've got a special show coming up at 6 o'clock. I'll tell you about all that right after this.